Welcome to this episode of the Mystery Cast, right here on Tales of Earth, a show that we live stream every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern uh, at twitch.tv slash comic story. And if you want to support us, you can subscribe to Tales of Earth, the YouTube channel, support us on Twitch by uh, following, subbing, all of that. You can also buy some Tales of Earth merch through the link below if you're watching this, obviously, on YouTube. And uh, yeah, you can also go to patreon.com slash comic story and show your love and your support there as well. Uh, guys, I have one thing to say. I haven't said it in a long time. I love the Illuminati. Who does so much? I love the Illuminati. I agree, they're great. Sound like a question? I Dan. work for the Illuminati. I mean, I love the Illuminati. <laughs> I, I work for them. I'm obligated to love them. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So, I love the what? Illuminati. Oh, I thought you were actually looking around for a second. <laughs> like somebody was in your house all of a sudden. Okay. Uh, no, there's no one here. Yeah. So, today, we are talking about 19 of the strangest unsolved mysteries of all time. Okay, that includes the universe. Of all time. So, do we have some from the future? Ooh. Ooh. An interesting question. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. We should make a new list where we just make up <laughs> unsolved mysteries that haven't actually happened yet. Yes, I think that's a great idea. <laughs> that would be funny. That would be good. Uh, let's see here. This comes from Reader's Digest, so you know it's good. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not going to mess around. There's, no. there's going to be no tomfoolery here. <laughs> yeah. I hope somebody out there actually has the name tomfoolery. Oh, I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. People are, parents are, are, are cruel. There was a study done on uh, whether or not your name influences your personality. And uh, it was, the study was done on this young woman named uh, Temptress. Who immediately became a stripper? Uh, basically, yeah, yeah. So she lived this very uh, uh, questionable lifestyle, and sure. uh, uh, it was actually because of a spelling error in the hospital. It was supposed to be Tempest. <laughs> that's still not a good name. Yeah, you know, like that's I, it's a still a crappy name. Man. There are way too yeah. many names that were misspelled or an error on the birth certificate. That ended up being people's actual names. That yeah. I am, I'm baffled uh-huh. that this is such a common like sometimes, thing. yeah. Sometimes parents <laughs> are just so out of it, like they're so tired or drugged up or whatever from you know giving birth that they just mess up the name and they're stuck with it. Uh, by the way, do you guys like my Hungary mug? I. I Hungry. thought you said oh, Hungary for a second. I didn't. I was too, like, yeah. I'm emphasizing Gary. I know, but I think you. Like, uh, oh yeah, I, think I, I, I hear it now. Gary. I hear it now. I hear it now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. It's just a picture of him. <laughs> this is Hungary in the corner. Anyway, what's our yard wearing a bunny mask? Um. By the way, guys, ladies and gentlemen, if you really want to be entertained, just look up strangest photos ever taken or like strangest things I caught caught on camera, and there is no end to weird. <laughs> Just weird photos. Like, they're not even mysterious photos. They're just weird. Uh, yep. Like a guy hugging a deer in his bedroom. Uh, just, yeah. hugging, just like hugging it. Yeah. Is weird. Anyway. Live, live deer? Dead deer? I, no, it's alive. Like, it's just standing there. It's just his And pet. they're like, just standing there. Yeah, I guess. So he's I don't a know. Disney princess. That's what I'm hearing. He's a Disney princess? <laughs> The person and hugging an animal companion. Yeah, he's hung in the deer. Yeah. Sorry. If you wear a dress. He's the Disney, an uh, companion. Yeah. Disney figure of authority. 
All right. Number one, the incident at Dyatlov Pass. On the first night of February 1959, nine ski hikers died mysteriously in the mountains of what is now Russia. I'm pretty sure. Okay. The night of the incident, uh, the uh, sorry, the night of the incident, the group had set up camp on a slope, enjoyed dinner, and prepared for sleep. But something went ca- uh, catastrophically wrong because the group never returned. On February 26, searchers found the hikers' abandoned tent, which had been ripped open from the inside. Surrounding the area were footprints left by the group. Some wearing socks, some wearing a single shoe, some barefoot, all of which continued to the edge of a nearby wood. That's where the first two bodies were found, shoeless and wearing only underwear. The scene uh, bore marks of death by hypothermia, but as medical examiners uh, inventoried the bodies, as well as the other seven that were discovered over the months that followed, hypothermia no longer made sense. In fact, the evidence made no sense at all. One body had evidence of a blunt force trauma consistent with a brutal assault. Another had third-degree burns, one had been vomiting blood, one was missing a tongue, and one and some of their clothing was found to be radioactive. Only Theories, in <laughs> only in Russia, I know. Theories floated include um, uh, KGB interference, drug overdose, UFO, gravity anomalies. Sure. Okay. Uh, and, the, <laughs> and the Russian version of the Yeti. Love it. Which we all sure know is radioactive. Which is radioactive, probably. I mean, it's Russia, right? Yeah. Um, I can imagine the Russian version of the Yeti is like the most single, most terrifying Yeti in the world. Oh, yeah. And whenever he comes uh, up, he squats before yelling at you. Okay. Recently, a documentary filmmaker presented a theory involving a terrifying but real phenomenon called infrasound, in which the wind interacts with the topography to create a barely audible hum that can nevertheless induce powerful feelings of nausea, panic, dread, chills, nervousness, raised heartbeat rate, or heart rate, pick one, uh, and breathing difficulties. The only uh, consensus remains that whatever happened involved an overwhelmingly, sorry, an overwhelming and possibly inhuman force. If you want even more unsolved mysteries, get a look at the strange in every state. Okay, that's another list. (laughs) Yeah, so apparently uh, uh, gravitational anomalies make you lose your tongue. That is true, and become radioactive. Like, hey, Dan, so it's... Oh, no. Oh, no. It's a gravitational anomaly. <laughs> oh, what no. if, hold on now, hypothetically, let's go down an even darker route. What if it drove them to such a level of insanity that they bit off their own tongue? That's actually kind of And then was it was thinking. lost in the woods. I guess. I One mean, of them tripped. He just tripped and was talking. What's, and what's oh, really, okay, so what's really strange is the, just the variety of, of. Of the, like, the wounds and things like that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, and just how they found it. Like, I'm going to say the fact that it's Russia makes me think that this might have been a government experiment on a couple of civilians that weren't aware they were being experimented on. I would be perfectly like radioactive, like missing tongues, like signs of what is in any other situation could be referred to as torture. It's true. I'm I'm just saying you you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's kind of creepy, though. I mean, I guess, like yeah. So, what, like, a caravan of soldiers part. come by, like, hello, campers. Uh, here. <laughs> hello, fellow campers. 
Yes. <laughs> Comrade campers, uh, here, take these green glowing pills. They will help you camp better. Bye. We promise they are great for camping. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, it's a very strange. I have actually heard of this one before. Um, I don't remember some of those details, but yeah, that's an infrasound, which uh, can, I guess, make you go crazy. Well, we have yep. talked about so. infrasound uh, multiple times actually before. I was going to say, we, we have done it, yeah, on different things. Infrasound? Yeah, I guess we have, haven't we? This was just the first time they've ever referred to this phenomenon as infrasound, yes. but we have as talked about yes. the uh, like environment like the creating hum. sounds, hums, mm -hmm. buzzes, yep. things like that. Abnormal silence. I think we did one of those where it was just abnormally quiet or something in yeah. that area. But something like those lines, yeah. Abnormally quiet. Uh, there's actually a chamber in Utah. It's uh, it's the single quietest room in the world, or the second quietest room in the world. And basically, when you go in there, um, you can hear your own heartbeat. That's how quiet it is. That's creepy. Like, the only sounds that you can hear are coming from your own body, which is, yeah. That is pretty creepy. I'd get a pretty good sleep in there. If I remember, wouldn't. actually, if I remember like just correctly, swallowing. wasn't... <laughs> Wasn't it proven that something, it was either that or a very similar situation. People cannot stay sane in an environment that is that quiet for more than a certain amount of time. It was theorized. Uh, so there were like stories that went around this campus because it's at a university in Utah. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the theories is that, or stories, is that no one lasted. I think it was past like 12 minutes or something. Yeah. And then, uh, have you guys heard of the channel Veritasium? No. Uh, huge science, science channel. The guy from Veritasium went into the chamber. And he was like, I'm going to break that record. And he went in and he was sat in there for like an hour and he was fine. So I think it's all just like rumors that go around the campus. And, you know, if you go in there longer than 12 minutes, you'll go insane. Right. And uh, he actually said he really enjoyed the experience, you know, just like complete sensory uh, yeah, deprivation for, you know, right. an hour. Um, hmm. but yeah, all right. The next that would item, imply I wasn't already insane though. <laughs> I mean, I think if you like, if you just reason yourself into something in most cases, I think you'll be fine. If you just remind yourself, the reason it's quiet is because I'm in a sensory deprivation chamber. I'm okay. No. <laughs> like that is no. now, if, now if everything around you just suddenly went silent for no right. reason, that would be that would be scary. That would be kind of scary. I can see that. But you can still hear yourself. That would be frightening. Because you haven't gone deaf. Like you just yeah. I'm I'm curious how similar to that what deaf people experience. As weird as that is to say. Like I, I, yeah. I am curious yeah, no, how similar a sure. full sensory deprivation would be similar because I mean, I don't think they can hear their heartbeat, but they definitely can feel it. And like, I mean, mm -hmm. a lot of us have seen those pictures of or seen uh, deaf people like holding on to speakers to hear the vibration or feel the vibrations of music to enjoy music Man. that way. And so I'm wondering if uh, oh. if this would be similar to that. Just a just a weird, yeah. weird thought. But let's mm. let's let's move on to this next. That is a weird thought, Dan. Oh, speaking I'm of sounds. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's a great. No, it's great. <laughs> 
uh, sickening noises, more sound-related stuff. Uh, in December 2016, a CIA, CIA officer uh, checked into the American Embassy's health office in Havana, suffering from nausea, headache, and dizziness. Uh, days later, two more CIA officers reported similar ailments. By late to, uh, 2018, the number grew to 26 Americans and 13 Canadians experiencing nausea, hearing loss, vertigo, nosebleeds, and focusing issues. In all the cases... Uh, victims claimed that the symptoms were triggered by a strange noise they'd heard at their homes or hotel rooms. One person said the noise was high-pitched. Another described a beam of sound pointing into their rooms. Some insisted that the noise more closely resembled marbles rolling along the floor. The illnesses uh, confounded medical experts. Uh, doctors at the University of Pennsylvania who examined some of the victims diagnosed concussion-like symptoms but found no signs they'd suffered concussions. We know what you must be thinking, do you? The Cuban <laughs> government is up to something, right? Mm. Yeah. Okay, the Cubans vehemently deny these responses. <laughs> They're responsible. What? In many <laughs> Denying it? I guess the Cubans? Okay, hang on. Oh, Havana, okay. Havana, Cuba. Okay, never mind. Um, there are a couple of Havanas. I guess they're implying Cuba. Okay. The Cubans vehemently deny they're responsible, and many American investigators believe them. That's because they still don't know who or what made the victim sick. Uh, was it a type of weapon? The CIA claims it doesn't know of any weaponry that could cause these symptoms. Well, of course, they're not going to come right say. out and like, <laughs> yeah. claim it. Like, my goodness. <laughs> Okay, uh, what about ultrasound? One theory holds that a pair of covert eavesdropping devices placed too close to each other by human agents may have inadvertently produced such a reaction. <laughs> okay, like you just accidentally walk too close to each other with these things? All the time. Uh, like the kind of feedback you hear when someone stands too close to a microphone. But the FBI has found no evidence to substantiate the argument. In fact, ultrasound is above the range of human hearing. Uh, that doesn't mean it can't affect you, though. Uh, recordings of the sounds from some of the victims only added to the confusion. Two scientists who studied the recordings believe they captured the sound of lovelorn male crickets. Oh, One of, of the scientists. I mean, yep. obviously. Blame so the crickets. horny crickets are giving me headaches? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> One of the scientists, Alexander Stubbs. You know, how, okay, you know how they turn movies or like mysteries into movies? That should be the movie. Horny crickets. Horn, that's what it's called horny that's crickets. what it's called <laughs> this is a weird <laughs> take on a bug's life i'm just telling you that right now. Bugs life. oh yeah well it's, it's like the disney weird one. spinoff yeah the non-disney yeah. uh one of the scientists alexander stubbs of the university of california berkeley says the uh insects are incredibly loud <laughs> you can hear them from <laughs> inside a diesel truck going 40 miles an hour on the highway. Still, the scientists had no idea why the sounds might lead to illness in humans. Oh, maybe it was just nerves. Cuba is a high-threat, high-stress post. A former embassy official told uh, ProPublica.org, diplomats are warned that, quote, there will be surveillance, there will be listening devices in your house, probably in your car for some people that puts them in a high stress mentality uh, in a threat anticipation mode. True. But then how do how to explain what happened in China? How to explain? Okay. In May, 2018. Yeah, I know. Uh, an American posted in the consulate. Uh, yeah, an American posted in the consulate in 
Gung Zhao was diagnosed with a very same mystery illness. Ultimately, 15 Americans were evacuated. While the seemingly airborne cause of these brain injuries, airborne brain injuries, is still a mystery, the fallout is clear. The Americans removed 60% of their diplomats from Cuba and expelled 15 Cuban diplomats from Washington, D.C. The mysterious sounds may well be the opening shots in a new kind of Cold War. A silent horny Cold War. cricket. Cold the horny cricket. Yeah. <laughs> What's this? That's actually the name of the weapon. That's the secret weapon. Yeah, yeah. Horny yeah. cricket. The idea. <laughs> it's the upgraded version yeah. of the cricket from of Men the in Black. Yeah. From Men in Black. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I I do find it funny though that the article's like so this happened in Cuba because people were told that they were going to get spied on and so they got high stress mentality. But how do you explain the exact same thing happening in China where they were told the exact same thing that they're probably being spied on and had the exact same reaction? Right? What? Because that that actually does sound like one of those, if you're paranoid and you have been told that people are listening in on you and you're not in your native homeland, I Mm. could see that putting you on edge and over a long period of time causing problems because, I mean, stress causes problems for people people just in general and that's just even on like normal levels of stress oh yeah i'm being spied on in a foreign country while i'm singing in my shower kind of stress yeah better be singing that national anthem of theirs (laughs) 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 all right Uh, no i I agree i I think uh we really underestimate in fact uh, more and more people are pushing uh for um like I guess, emotional education, like mental education and schools. And basically like we, we focus so much on physical health. We don't focus enough on like mental health and understanding, you know, the, the effects of your environment and your lifestyle and how that's affecting you mentally. Um, I think stress is, is really underestimated or has been underestimated in the physical ailments it can cause, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and yeah, if you're, if you, if you know that you're in a, potentially life-threatening situation and you're being spied on at all times but you can't confirm it like you don't actually know yeah that's yeah that can put you in a very stressful state especially this is why i uh i always assume everyone is out to get me at all times (laughs) that way i'm just not stressed out yeah yeah that's mostly just because you're like eh, whatever if it happens it happens (laughs) which is why andy uh never raises his right hand on chat because his gun is in his right hand (laughs) It's true. <laughs> just in case. He just sits there. Yeah. Um, all right. And the next one, Ghost Ship, the Mary Celeste. I uh, do believe we have talked about this one before. I think uh, sounds familiar. F- yeah. On December 4th, 1872, a British American ship called the Mary Celeste. Uh, was found empty and adrift in the Atlantic. It was found to be seaworthy and its cargo fully intact, except for a lifeboat, which it appeared to have uh, to had been boarded in an orderly fashion. But why? We may never know because no one on board was ever heard from again. In November 1872, the Mary Celeste set sail from New York bound for uh, Genoa? Genoa. Italy? Genoa. Uh, she was manned by Captain Benjamin Briggs and seven crew members, including Briggs' wife and their two-year-old daughter. Supplies on board were ample enough for six months and lux- luxuries, or sorry, and luxurious, including a sewing machine and an upright piano. Wow, fancy. Wow, yeah. 
Uh, commentators generally agree that to uh, precipitate the abandonment of a seaworthy ship, some extraordinary and alarming circumstance must have arisen. However, the last entry on the ship's daily log reveals nothing unusual, and inside the ship, all appeared to be in order. Uh, theories of the years have included mutiny, pirate attack, and an assault by a giant octopus or sea monster. Love it. Obviously. Love it. Obviously. Uh, in recent years, scientists have posed the theory that the fumes from alcohol on board caused an explosion that, as a result of a scientific anomaly, did not leave behind signs of burning, but was terrifying enough that Briggs ordered everyone into the lifeboat. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So you have no measures to manage like a potential fire on board? Just abandon the boat, never be I heard like, from again. Like I wonder if I like to think uh, that these three different things were actually all combined. So it was a group of pirates that were riding a giant octopus or a sea monster. Um, and then upon <laughs> seeing it, the rest of the crew mutinied and joined the sea monster riding pirate. Yes. Love it. I think I that's a great it. idea. That's fantastic. <laughs> that, yeah, I love it. Uh I, I I actually could see the like leaving no signs of burning because it's kind of like the weird anomaly of uh, if you've ever seen invisible fires on like uh, racetracks. Uh, there's there's one if you look up invi- uh, invisible fire racing car or something like that. There's um, we've all seen uh, the uh, oh my gosh why can't I speak Ricky Bobby that movie. With Will Ferrell, yeah, 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 yeah. You know the part huh? where he jumps out of the car and starts running around like he's on fire, but he's not on fire? That's mm-hmm. based off yeah. of an actual thing that happened where a car got on fire. It's an invisible fire, but everyone's freaking out. And if you don't know it's an invisible fire, it, it looks like people going crazy like Ricky Bobby. But uh, it, it's interesting because that kind of thing. An invisible fire. Chet, look it up real quick. It's it's an actual thing, and uh, so I could see something like that being a possibility. But I I much prefer the pirates riding sea monsters starting up a mutiny because that sounds way cooler. Also, how oh, come yeah. every time it's okay. a sea monster, it's always a giant octopus? When are we just going to get this rap. giant trout? Yeah. Just a giant yeah. trout, just like sixty feet long. Oh my god. Did you like, see that we're like, trout? We're like a giant anemone. <laughs> yeah, we were attacked by a giant sea bass. It's a giant clownfish. What would you <laughs> read its would head you as it? it? It's guys, guys. There's an emergency. It's a giant anemone. It's a giant anemone. That's no, it. that's um, not right. It's, it's a one giant balls. Well, the spike coming off of it. Damn it. <laughs> Yeah, so Dan, it's uh, invisible fire. Ethanol fires, otherwise known as invisible fire, is very dangerous. Ethanol burns a blue flame and smokeless and are darn near invisible to the naked eye. If you cannot see it, you could very easily find yourself enveloped in fire before you realize it. That's terrifying. That's, and I actually, uh, I I learned that after I saw Ricky Bobby. So obviously when I saw it the first time, I was like, okay, this is pretty funny. And then later I found that out and I'm like, that's an actual thing. Like, That's imagine like, thing. if this had happened and you just see someone and everyone's just laughing their ass off at this guy running around, but they're actually on fire. Could you imagine yeah, that? it's like our Man. world is just like waiting to destroy us with invisible <laughs> yeah. dangers. Like, Damn uh, nature, you scary. <laughs> Damn nature, scary. It's like, uh, uh, what were they, air bombs? Oh, like yeah. Like over the Bermuda Triangle. Like these just pockets of air <laughs> that can just take out airplanes that just bloop. 
Yeah, air bombs, fun. ethanol fires, I invisible thought, fires. Was like, this? Man. I think Giant this ship story was Giant related to that, wasn't it? The Bermuda Triangle talks. I feel like that's yeah, where maybe. we heard this one. Mm-hmm. Probably the Mary Celeste. Yeah. Yeah. I think it went through the Bermuda Triangle. Okay. Or one of the uh, triangles. Yes. There's All right. So uh, this next one is one of my favorites, uh, only because I like the latest theory attached to this story. Who and where is D.B. Cooper? The next unsolved mystery, November 24, 1971. Dan Cooper was a passenger on Northeast Airlines Flight 305 from Portland to Seattle. A 30-minute flight. He was described by passengers and flight attendants as a man in his mid-40s, wearing a dark suit, black tie with a mother-of-pearl tie clip, and a neatly pressed white-collared shirt. Uh, He took his seat, lit a cigarette, and politely ordered a bourbon and soda, for which he paid cash. Shortly after takeoff, he handed a note to a 23-year-old flight attendant who ignored it, assuming it was just the man's phone number. Uh, Miss, you'd better look at that note, Dan Cooper told her. I have a bomb. The note's exact wording is part of the mystery, since Cooper reclaimed it after the flight attendant read it, but his demands were for 200000 in negotiable American currency, worth $1 million today. For parach- four parachutes and a fuel truck standing by in Seattle to refuel the plane on arrival, the flight attendant brought the demands to the captain. The airline's president authorized full cooperation. The other passengers had no idea what was happening, having been told that landing was delayed due to mechanical difficulties. At 5.39 p.m., the plane landed. An airline employee delivered a uh, cash-filled knapsack and parachutes, and Cooper allowed all passengers and two flight attendants to leave the plane. During refueling, Cooper outlined his plan to the crew, a southeasterly course toward Mexico, with one further refueling stop in Nevada. Two hours later, the plane took off. When it landed in Reno, Cooper's absence was noted. Cooper, whom the media mistakenly referred to as D.B. Cooper, uh, was never seen or heard from again. No parachute was found, and the ransom money was never used. In 1980, a young boy on vacation with his family in Oregon found several packets of the ransom money, identifiable by serial number, leading to an intense search of the area for Cooper and his remains. Nothing Nothing was ever found. For a time, it was speculated that Mad Men's fictional Don Draper was the man who would become Cooper in the real world. Uh, A parachute strap was found in 2017 at one of Cooper's possible landing sites. Yeah. One of my favorite attached theories Hmm. is that Tommy Wiseau, the guy who directed and created the world, is D.B. Cooper. Yeah. Because if you... you, Wait, the room as in... Uh, yeah, the movie. Okay, yeah, that one. Yes, okay. I didn't even have to believe, say it, but you... yeah, people actually believe that Tommy Wiseau is DB Cooper. How funny! Because he comes out of nowhere with all this money, right. makes this movie. Right. Some people have even said that DB Cooper had like a strange accent. Nobody really knew where he was from. Uh, Wouldn't he be a yeah. lot older though at this point? I think he would be. I mean, that's the thing. Like Tommy Wiseau is how old? He is sixty-four. So if if D.B. Cooper was in his mid-40s... Appeared to be in his mid-40s. Appeared to be in his mid-40s, he would be, you know, I mean, he'd be pushing like right. 70-something now, mid-70s, Yeah, but 70s. to be fair, some people look like they're 40 and could be a lot long- younger. I mean, Houston's I Houston's 31 or 30, and he looks like he's 12. That is true. Maybe he was a 20-year-old that just looked like he was 40 because he was stressed as fuck. 
language. <laughs> well, how is he going to pull off the heist? Plane. Yeah, I was going to say he was about to rev a plane, I suppose. Yeah, he aged like 20 years in a week. <laughs> um, all right. How interesting. Next one, Next one living, sta- li- living statues. From 1917 to 1928, this is something I've never heard of before, by the way. Uh, half a million people were afflicted with a ghastly condition that could be part of the plotline of a horror film. The victims, very much alive and conscious, found themselves in inexplicably frozen sta- uh, states. Their static bodies, prisons for their minds. Uh, encephalitis lethargica, EL, a.k.a. the sleeping sickness, first appeared in Europe and quickly spread around the world. Uh, reaching epidemic levels in North America, Europe, and India by 1919. About a third of those stricken with the illness died. Of the survivors, nearly half eventually found themselves unable to physically interact with the world around them, all the while fully aware of their surroundings. Though occasionally capable of limited speech, eye motion, and even laughter, they generally appeared as living statues, totally motionless for hours, days, weeks, or years. The cause is unknown, but one theory is brain inflammation triggered by a rare strain of uh, streptococcus, the bacteria, streptococcus, <laughs> the bacteria responsible for many sore throats each year. Uh, science's best guess is that the bacteria mutated, provoking the immune system to attack the brain, leaving the victim helpless. None of this explains why the illness appe- uh, disappeared only to resurface sporadically be it in Europe in the 1950s or China 10 years ago when a 12-year-old girl was hospitalized for five weeks with the disease. Uh, are such occurrences the new normal or are they signs that EL could be planning something bigger any day as if it's intelligent? Yes. Uh, a 2004 analysis of 20 patients with symptoms remarkably similar to EL concluded that whatever uh, ailed them is still prevalent as such. History's so-called sleeping sickness remains the stuff of nightmares. That's that's that a frightening. Creepy. I mean that that's yeah, that sleep made, paralysis yeah. to a whole new level. Yeah. Well, seriously, I mean, you can't move, you can't talk, you can't do anything, but you're still a hundred percent conscious. This is what they did to uh, impulse, not impulse. Uh, the the Flash story, the one where they killed yeah, Bart I Allen. I don't remember the. I can't remember the name. kid's name, but that's yeah. exactly what they do to him. They turn him into a living statue. That is creepy that that's a thing that just randomly happens to people. Yeah. That is well, the, and also inertia. The, it be, Thank you, basically became a, I mean, uh, it became a pandemic. Um, yeah, that's... And imagine, then oh my God, imagine if that was happening right now instead of the coronavirus. It was the living statue virus. What if that was well, the pandemic we were currently dealing with and you went I outside... I feel like people would have taken would just, it more seriously. Yes. Yeah, at least like, you know, at home, like you can move... <laughs> like you can still move, you know, you're quarantined, but you're still like free to do what but you just want. Just imagine like being people that were alive and alive during this time. Yeah. Like how freaky oh, it's, it's that terrifying. would have been to just. Well, it's terrifying. Oh my gosh. That is. I think there would have been a bigger uproar or like a bigger uh, reaction or response had they had access to information the way we have it today. I'm surprised I never heard about this one in China. I feel yeah, like if it was only 10 years ago, actually, when was this written? Uh, does it have a date? Yeah, I couldn't find the date on it. Yeah, I can't find the date. Just like real life. Oh. Oh, that's uh, sad. I made myself feel bad. Um, you should. 
No, I can't see a date on this, damn. Yep. Well, that's a terrifying illness. That is absolutely horrifying. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. always that's always a uh like a genuine fear of mine is not being able to move. Like that like that's kind of like why really? the whole like being buried alive kind of thing is such a fear of the sure. being trapped without being able to do anything like yeah. feeling like any, that any, in my own yeah, body any, would just be oh. Yeah, any kind of like loss of control is yeah. terrifying. Loss uh, of control while you're still aware. That's the yes. terrifying part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Our next one is roaming ruins. It's not unusual to find junk in Brazil's uh, Ganabara Bay, but what about Robert Marks unearthed? About what Robert Marks unearthed there in 1982 was an unusual kind of foreign matter in an underwater field the size of three tennis courts located 15 miles from the shore lay the remains of some 200 Roman ceramic jars, a few fully intact. According to Marx, a professional treasure hunter, the jars appeared to be twin-handled uh, amphorae uh, that were used to transport goods such as grains and wine in the third century. But how did they get there? The first Europeans didn't reach Brazil until 1500. The Romans, who traded primarily in Mediterranean port cities and the Middle East, had little incentive to invest uh, in ships that could cross oceans. However, they did sail as far as India. Perhaps some untrained navigator lost his way in a storm, or maybe mutineers steered uh, the ship westward, or maybe it was a giant anemone. 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 Uh, we may never know, nor are we likely to uncover more evidence. Brazil closed the Bay of Jars. That sounds like an interesting story, the Bay of Jars. To further research in 1983, in an effort to deter looters, it said Marx claims the government didn't want the area explored because finding Roman-era artifacts there would mean that, contrary to Brazil's official history, the Portuguese were not the first Europeans to reach the country. Oh, yeah. Uh, and the truth, uh. it's resting 100 feet under the sea. Interesting. Under the okay. That's cool. I would not be shocked if the Romans somehow made it there. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, I mean, it's a very advanced civilization. You know, the, <laughs> right. Uh, you know, the, would it be Western Europeans were not the first people to reach the Americas mm -hmm. besides the Native Americans. I mean, you had the Chinese actually came here way mm -hmm. before, way before they did. Vikings. So, Vikings, Vikings yeah. yeah. Extraterrestrials, aliens. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Lizard people. Yeah. The Illuminati. The Illuminati. Also known as the ancient people. origins of them. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. Uh, should we talk about the Voynich manuscript? Do you guys remember that one? Yeah, we talked about that one a couple of times, though, haven't we? Was that the uh, one? Yes. Which one was that? Just a quick. Uh, ancient, or what appears to be an ancient manuscript. <clears throat> written in an undecipherable language uh, with various drawings of That's strange right. plants and naked ladies. That's right. I remember that. <laughs> naked ladies. <laughs> the Voynich, I'll, I'll give you guys, this one's short. The Voynich manuscript is a roughly 250-page book written in an entirely unknown language uh, writing system. It's been carbon dated back to the 1400s and includes illustrations of plants that don't resemble any known species. It's named for the Polish book dealer who purchased it in 1912. It is believed to have been intended as a medical text. Its first confirmed, confirmed owner was George uh, Barish, uh, okay. 1580, 
1605 to 1662, an alchemist from Prague. That should also should be the name of the story, the alchemist from Prague. That would be cool. Uh, who discovered it taking up space uselessly in his library because that's what you do with mysterious manuscripts. You yeah. just cash them in somewhere. Uh, it, it was actually using it to like uh, level out his table for the longest time. <laughs> the, the Void Edge manuscript. And he was like, what? Uh, what yeah. is this? He just flips through it. Yeah, I, don't, I can't read this language. I mean, what is this? Looks like Chinese. Looks like Chinese or something. Something um, weird. Something weird. Uh, that was an interesting uh, accent for a person from Prague. Uh, oh yeah, that's what that's Prague. what they sound like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah damn. Uh, <laughs> Barish tried to investigate the manuscript's origins to no avail. The manuscript changed hands for centuries until it was purchased by Vo- uh, by Voynich, who uh, posited that it was authored by Albertus Magnus, uh, an alchemist, or Roger Bacon. Uh, an early scientist. However, some believe that Voynich fabricated the manuscript and its history all by himself. Various other hoaxes have been proposed over the years, of course, that wouldn't explain the carbon dating of the paper and ink. Centuries after its first alleged discovery, the Voynich manuscript remains as impenetrable and inexplicable as ever. Well, if I learned anything from Full Metal Alchemist, it was that alchemists love to make their writing very confusing for non-alchemists to read. Of course. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I mean, we also did that in elementary school. This is true. You know, it was always like the hidden language between friends or something. It was like, oh, this is a language only we understand. And it was always pig Latin. It was always pig Latin. Or it was like normal letters with like a circle attitude or something. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, all right. Now we're going to jump into some uh, reincarnation. Do the Pollock sisters prove reincarnation? Yes. Yes. Uh, Today, 24% of Americans believe in reincarnation, although scientists uh, tend to poo-poo the possibility. I love the writing. (laughs) (laughs) Poo-poo. Poo-poo. Every once in a while, an unsolved mystery comes around that is so compelling and otherwise uh, unexplainable that it gives even scientists pause. That is what we have in the story of the Pollock sisters. I would love to see a scientist pause, like generally, genuinely just like pause. Hmm. Yeah. In 1957, two young English sisters, Joanna Pollock, 11, and Jacqueline Pollock, 6, died in a tragic car accident. One year later, their mother gave birth to twins, uh, Jillian and Jennifer. When the twins were old enough to talk, they began identifying and requesting toys that had belonged to their dead sisters, pointing out landmarks only their dead sisters would have known such as a school they'd attended, and sometimes panicking upon seeing cars idling, that car's coming to get us, they reportedly shrieked on one occasion. Uh, this is super creepy. I have actually heard of this before, though, but I'm, like, getting chills. Uh, I got a little bit like, of at, at the concept of this, yeah. After the twins turned five, these incidents became less frequent, and the girls went on to lead normal lives. Still, the story of the Pollock sisters made its way to Dr. Ian Stevenson, 1918 to 2007, a psychologist who studied reincarnation. After studying thousands of supposed cases, and actually, uh, if you guys want to look up a really interesting topic, the like real-world stories of reincarnation are absolutely fascinating. Uh, after studying thousands of supposed cases, Dr. Stevenson wrote a book telling of 14 he believed to have been real, including that of the Pollock sisters. If you want to be spooked out by some more unsolved mysteries, read the science mysteries, uh, science mysteries no one has figured out. That could be a good list. Mm. 
Yeah. So but generally a lot of these uh, like reincarnation is real stories are basically that, you know, they're, you know, young children, usually children who just know way more about something than they should. Mm-hmm. Uh, personal details about uh, like soldiers that, you know, uh, died in World War One, World War Two. Um, and like there was a story of a young boy who claimed to have been a World War Two pilot. Uh, I think this boy was like born in like the 2000s. So it's a very recent story. And, uh, you know, he just had this affinity for airplanes and like loved World War II trivia and and history. And he just knew things. And he actually claimed to be a specific soldier. Like he actually claimed to be a very specific person who died in World War II, who was a pilot. Um, I guess they like took this boy out to where this pilot supposedly died. And he had this like extreme emotional reaction to the whole experience so Hmm. yeah interesting uh let's see here yeah that is kind of the 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 line in that of that car is coming to get us is that's that's the creepy part it's creepy it's creepy yeah and it uh yeah it's just it's so strange that that these twins you know would would have such affinity for things that you know that um, they realistically the shouldn't didn't. have. Yeah, yeah, they realistically shouldn't have. Hmm. All right, more children's stories. Uh, let's see here. This was actually in one of the lists uh, that I was looking at earlier. Um, where are the Sodder children? The next unsolved mystery, similar to the Pollocks, George and Jenny Sodder of West Virginia were forced to cope not only with the immeasurable loss of their children, but also with the mysterious circumstances surrounding that loss. After the Sodder home burned to the ground on the night before Christmas 1945, five of the ten Sodder children were still alive and accounted for. But what about the other five? I mean, that's all not accounts- half bad. <laughs> Wow. (laughs) It would have seemed that they had vanished into thin air. Uh, Notice how we don't say vanished into smoke. That's because in the ruins of the fire, zero physical evidence of the children could be found, which is virtually impossible from a scientific standpoint. But that wasn't all that smelled off about the events of that night. Apparently, George tried to save the children who he believed were still trapped inside by using his coal truck. Uh, which strangely was inoperable. The phone lines to the house were found to have been cut. A woman claimed to have seen all five missing children peering from a passing car while the fire was still in progress. And a woman at the Charleston hotel who saw the children's photos in a newspaper said she had seen four of the five a week after the fire. Quote, the children were accompanied by two women and two men, all of the Italian extraction. She uh, said in a statement, I tried to talk to the children in a friendly manner, but the men appeared hostile and wouldn't allow it. The Sodder family theorized that the children had been kidnapped, perhaps in an attempt to extort money, perhaps to coerce George into joining the local mafia. The Sodders were Italian uh, immigrants, or perhaps uh, in retaliation for George's outspoken criticism of Mussolini and Italy's fascist government. From the 1950s, Until Jenny Sauter's death in the late 1980s, the Sauter family maintained a billboard on State Route 16 uh, with pictures of the five vanished children and offering a reward for information. The last known surviving Sauter child, uh, Sylvia, 69, still doesn't believe her siblings perished in the fire. Hmm. That's creepy. That's 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 that creeps me out because that that sounds legitimately like a planned fire to kidnap children yes well and uh the other article that i read 
story stated that uh, that night they could hear this, what sounded like a, a massive bang on the house, like something crashed into the house and then the house caught on fire. And yeah. God damn. That's so. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah. All right. Let's see here. More disappearances. Let's Everybody's disappearing. All right. What really happened to young Walter Collins? In 2008, Clint Eastwood's film Changeling reawakened interest in one of the most bizarre and tragic crime stories in the 1920s. Single mom Christine Collins reported her nine-year-old son, Walter, missing in March uh, 1928 from their home in Los Angeles. Five months later, the police brought Walter back to Christine, except it wasn't Walter. And Christine knew it. But the L.A. police dismissed Christine's concerns, going as far as to accuse her of terrible mothering and having her committed to a mental hospital. The real Walter Collins has ne was never found, and over time, authorities came to believe he was one of the victims of convicted uh, child murderer Gordon Stewart North Northcott. Uh, although Northcott's mother offered a confession for killing Walter, whatever happened to Walter Collins, his body was never found, and no one ever learned what really happened, nor has it been established with any certainty why the police were so invested in covering up the boy's disappearance that they brought a different child back to Christine and tried to convince her and the rest of the world that it was Walter. Plus, where'd they get the kid? Where'd they get this right. new kid? That is a good point. Right? So like, wait, so hold on though. Are we, so they've confirmed that the child that came back was definitely not Walter? Yes. Yes. They've pretty much, I, I'm pretty sure they've essentially admitted it. That, that Established it was, that it was not in fact the right child. It was child. not the child. Yeah. Okay. All right. Because I, I was going to say, because, I mean, the rest of this article is going on, like, that this was definitely not Walter. It's like, well, how do we know it wasn't Walter and the mother just wasn't insane? But if they've officially, like, come out and said, yeah, we just brought back a different kid. Okay, I give it to you. Right. Sorry, yeah, you wanted Walter? I thought you said Wallace. My man. Wallace, See, that's why home. we shouldn't do this over the phone. <laughs> Wallace isn't that bad. He's, like, setting fire to stuff. And <laughs> <laughs> all right he's not great i mean to be honest where did you find this kid he was setting fire to uh a school cats yeah this guy's <laughs> all right next know. item on the list <laughs> uh something i have never heard of before uh but it's interesting the bridge at overton that caused dogs to their maker i'm sorry the overton oh i've heard this one no i uh i think we did actually haven't hold on i think we did this one uh or i did it when we were doing the uh instagram Oh, okay. Wait, hold yeah. on. Which one are uh, you looking at? It's not right. I've gone down. I've one. gone down a little bit. There's so many items on this list. I have to. I have oh, to skip okay. some. Of them. I found it. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, the Overton Bridge near uh, Dumberton seems to call dogs to leap to their death. The end. Uh, a perfect spot for unsolved mysteries. Since the early 1960s, some 50 canines, 50, 50 canines have perished and hundreds more have jumped but survived. Reports uh, slate via their Atlas Obscura blog with some returning for a second leap onto the jagged rocks 50 feet below. <laughs> what? I didn't do it the first time. I'm coming back. Yeah, the Scottish Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals has sent representatives to investigate, but to no avail. In terms of scientific truth, it is debatable, if not incredibly unlikely, that dogs are capable of forming an intent to die. Yet, something is luring dogs. I think I hear a child coming down the stairs. If you guys see something really creepy. Oh my God, that just saying that the way you did before it clicked oh, in my head okay. that you had kids. <laughs> Sorry. 
<laughs> no, no, no. I just, I could hear footsteps and we're talking about creepy stuff. Sorry. No, you're fine. I'm not creepy. No, no, you're not. Um, <laughs> I just agree to disagree. Okay. Eleanor has come down the stairs before and snuck up behind me. So, okay. Um, where was I? Uh, yeah, Scottish society. It is debatable, if not unlikely that dogs are capable of forming an intent to die. Yet something is luring dogs off that bridge, often from the very same spot and always on sunny, dry days. Many theories have arisen, including that the bridge is haunted. This was a popular theory after a local man threw his baby son uh, to his death from the bridge in 1944. Uh, A mink is marking the area with an almost irresistible scent and a sound anomaly exists at the bridge that only dogs can hear. Whatever is causing this phenomenon, dog owners uh, would be wise to take heed and keep their dogs on leashes. Okay, so there's only one way I can see to test this theory yes uh we each get a dog i go there one day see if the dog jumps dan you have to go the next day see if the dog jumps gary you go the next day see if the dog jumps okay i mean if all three dogs jump we can agree that it is something to do with the bridge and not our terrible pet ownership (laughs) true Um, true <laughs> if only like dan's dog jumps that we know that dan was doing something to that dog that caused it to want to kill itself yes yes what Has science dan and it's science <laughs> honestly if i had to guess that someone would be awful to the dog it would scream you but um anyway what's what's next any other anyway <laughs> uh the big gray man that's what they call the- me that is yes yes uh, the big gray man rides the giant squid in the sea i just, don't know just read, the, just read the just read yeah, the yeah the giant trout the sea bass all right the big gray man is an inhuman creature that is said to haunt the summit and passes of the second highest peak in scotland yay another scottish story ben uh mcdewey and the native things it actually, yeah, actually, Scotland is. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben McDewey in the native uh, Scottish tongue, the creature is known as Amphirlithmore, like uh, or late more, like the Yeti of the Himalayas, the Bigfoot, also known as Sasquatch of the American Pacific Northwest. The Big Gray Man has been seen by few eyewitnesses. What makes the Big Gray Man particularly frightening is that his physical characteristics don't resemble that of a bear. Okay. Uh, and thus, sightings can't be dismissed as bear sightings. I see where they're going. Oh, with that. Okay. Those who have, it's like, well, it, <laughs> what does the big gray man look like? Not a bear. <laughs> I tell you right now what he doesn't look like, and that's a bear. <laughs> that doesn't but, help anybody. Yeah. I was asking what he looks like. I know you. I know what you're asking, but I'm yeah. saying he doesn't yeah. look like a bear. Just so right. you know. So I think we can all, okay, a picture of yeah. bear. Not like that. <laughs> Not like that. Great. You got the sketch artist there like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> not the sketch artist just like draws a picture of a bear and underneath it just says, not like not, this. Not like this. Those who have seen the big gray man. Actually, what if, what if seeing the big gray man messes with your brain somehow and, okay. and it like projects an image of a bear into your brain, but you know, it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Right. And that's and what so, drives you crazy. And that's what drives. Yeah. 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 They, everybody's kind of like constantly trying to ask you like, what does it look like? And you're like, I know it doesn't look like a bear. I know that <laughs> without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. All right. Those who have seen the big gray man described as extremely tall over 10 feet and human like with short hair, broad shoulders and long arms. 
nearly all reports of sightings include the sound of gravel crunching beneath the footfalls. Scientists have been able to come up with uh, the, an explanation for the sightings and the accompanying sounds. Although psychologists have proposed that those who have supposedly seen and heard the big gray man have been in a state of physical and mental anguish brought on by exhaustion and or isolation. Ooh, that means we're going to hear a lot more sightings soon. Nice. Big gray man in our house. Yeah, because of all the isolation. Backyard. Yeah. Everyone's isolated. Uh, now, uh, for now, the big gray man remains a mystery. But if you go to Scotland, let us know if you run into the big gray man. There's okay. a thing that doesn't look like a bear. Right. Oh yeah. my gosh, is that it? No, I think that's a bear. Okay, it's not the big gray man. It's, Let's go. Somewhere. It's not the bear. That one has more bear like qualities. Yes. Yes. So I was like, well, we shouldn't have bears in this area. So. Hmm. Yeah. Mm. All right. Uh, the Lost Colony of Roanoke. Something that I'm actually really surprised we've never talked about. Yeah, I actually mystery cast. I recognize the name because, honestly, because of Supernatural. Uh, yes. Well, yeah. It's but, a very popular uh, Lost Colony as far as Lost Colonies go. Yeah. Uh, the Lost Colony of Roanoke. <laughs> in uh, 1587, John White led a group of people from Britain to found uh, an English colony setting on Roanoke Island, one of a chain of barrier islands known as the Outer Banks of North Carolina. Uh, White left for more supplies, but on his return three years later, found the colony meticulously abandoned with all houses and fortifications dismantled with care. Before he'd left the colony, White had instructed the colonists that if they were taken by force, they were to carve a cross into a nearby tree. But there was no cross. The only clue was the word Cro uh Crotoan. Crotoan, the name of a native tribe allied with the English, which was carved into a post. Uh, White took this to mean that the colonists had moved to uh, Crotoan Island, known as uh, Hatteras. Ensuing investigations turned up claims that the colonists had been slaughtered by the uh, Powhatan tribe, but there is no archaeological evidence of this. And a recent re-examination of the primary sources indicates that any massacre that occurred was not of, the, of this particular group of colonists, but rather a group of colonists who had arrived earlier. Uh, more enduring theories involve integration between the colonists and the uh, Crotoans or other local tribes, but so far no DNA evidence has positively identified any descendants of the colony scientists still can't explain uh these ocean mysteries this person really likes linking to other articles it really does it even does. when it's like, a little bit I, of a stretch how do i yes exactly like, how do i end colony. this sentence ocean mystery ocean ah, mystery yes. um yeah I, I i would like to see uh so we actually just introduced Eleanor, our daughter, to the Disney Pocahontas movie this morning. And I would like to see a Disney Roanoke. <laughs> I'd love to hear really the musical number the when half. they start getting kidnapped or slaughtered. It's going to yeah, be great. Say, it's real dark movie. in the second half. Right. First half of the movie is about this colony. They try to befriend the Indians and things like that. Or the well, what I love about the <laughs> second half is the slaughtering of the entire colony. <laughs> Uh, what I love about this, this story, uh, is that John White left for supplies and came back three years So, later. having done some research for uh, one of our earlier videos. Yes. Uh, the reason being, so it was about a, a three to six month journey, depending on the weather. Right. From the colony to England. When he got there... Uh, England had just gone to war with Spain, and all ah. ships were pulled into service to the crown. 
Gotcha. So therefore, he was not allowed to return. Hmm. Interesting. So it was okay. like it was like three years later that he was finally given the supplies and allowed to yes. return to the colony. So when he left, he was like, "Guys, I'll be right back. I'm just going to pretty much." Yeah, he was like, "Guys, six months, nine months tops, right? I'll be right back. Don't even worry about <laughs> I'll be right it. Right back. Yeah, three just don't go years anywhere. Later, just yep. don't go anywhere. And yeah, I believe right he left a wife and daughter there. Oof, that's frightening. Yeah, that he never saw again. Oof, wow, man. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. Roanoke. Uh, they were like, okay. Dad just went out for a pack of smokes. <laughs> said it'll be right back. Yes, it'll be right back. Um, I mean, how frightening would that be to come back to this colony? It seems to be going really well. Mm-hmm. And to find literally nobody there, no sign of struggle. Everything is very well dismantled, very well taken care of. Well, the the other thing was the original the the spot they decided to set start the colony on wasn't where they were originally going to go. The where they had put the colony was originally there was another colony that also was massacred by Native Americans, and they were supposed to go to a different spot, and they were just like, "Ah, we'll just put the colony here again. It'll be fine, probably, right?" Yeah, right. Like what? No. Uh. <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, I just well, I just love how like Native Americans are portrayed in like Western pop culture, movies, TV shows, like animated mm-hmm. films, as always, always, always super peaceful, very understanding, uh, in touch with nature. They're yes. never portrayed as the bad guys, as though they could never do any wrong. And now I'm not yeah. I obviously like the Europeans did some terrible things and like you can't yeah, justify that. But no civilization and no single group of people is that peaceful and like harmless like anywhere in the and world. And if they are, they're up to something. And if they are, you right, got to assume. Yeah, you got to assume. So <laughs> uh, our next item on the list is the Circleville Letters. In 1976, res- residents of Circleville, Ohio began receiving hate mail that has wreaked havoc ever since the letters postmarked for Columbus uh, were invasive and accusatory highlighting a supposed affair between school bus driver, Mary Gillespie. <gasps> no way. Mary, sorry, Gillespie uh, ah, and the school ugh. superintendent. Oh no. One letter addressed to Mary's husband, Ron uh, threatened his life. If he didn't put a stop to the affair by 1977, well, yeah, what will the church elders think <laughs> the, the, uh, by 1977, the, dead the result of a suspicious one car crash involving shots fired uh when the sheriff ruled the death an accident however residents began Wait. receiving letters accusing the sheriff of a cover-up the Wait, letters- hold on. how do you how do you rule it as an accident when it was one car crash that involved gunfire I, yeah that was definitely an accident yeah it was definitely uh, yeah, yeah 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 definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. that actually wasn't even your husband this See? is ron hey ron yeah. say hello <laughs> <laughs> no, you're crazy. We know this is your husband. You you go to the hospital real quick. Uh, the, no? <laughs> the letters continued. The letters continued throughout the 1970s and early 1980s, uh, and even after Ron's sister's husband, so his brother-in-law, uh, Paul Fresher, was convicted of writing the letters and attempting to murder Mary via a booby trap rigged pistol. 
what in the world is happening in Ohio? Uh, even with Freshor in prison, however, the letters continued. He even received one himself. In 1994, Freshor was released and he maintained his innocence until his death in 2012. The true identity of the Circle of Ville letter writer remains unknown some still believe it was for sure others believe it was mary herself and that she used the letters to concoct and support the perfect murder of her own husband I, I like the idea of the booby trap pistol because to me it's like that he pulls it and then like a log comes down from like a tree <laughs> and slams into it that's what it sounds like to me i don't know why when you say booby trap pistol <laughs> i expected the gun to fire that's not what happened. <laughs> That's not what happened. He's like, he squeezes the trigger and a bear trap like closes on his ankle. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's a bear trap. Uh, it actually falls off the uh, ceiling onto his head. Yeah, that's what it is. It falls yeah. off the ceiling. All I pulled right. the trigger and then the piano exploded, which I thought was weird. <laughs> it's weird because oh, we don't man. even own a piano. We don't even own it. I thought it was weird when I walked in. I was like, what is that new piano doing here? I would love to see like something like that acted out. What are those um, mechanisms called where it's like a chain reaction of like objects? And- Domino effect? Domino effect. Yeah, yeah. It's a particular type of machine. You know, you send the, the sure ping pong ball. Pretty sure it's called Trap. It was a board yeah. game. Anyway, the 80s. whatever that kind of machine is called, I'd love to see that booby trap. So like the most long drawn out booby trap in a in like film history. Right, and like every time <laughs> something happens, they turn and look at They're it. Like, in the movie. What's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? Do you oh, think we should move? No, 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 no. We shouldn't move. Stupid. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, next item: the Tunguska event. Uh, on the morning of June 30th, 1908, 770 square miles of forest in Siberia, Russia were flattened by what would have appeared to have been an explosion, except that there were no witnesses and no other evidence. The phenomenon known as the Tunguska event has been classified by scientists as the largest impact event, which means a recordable impact between two astronomical objects, such as an asteroid on the Earth. Okay. In recorded history, yet no impact crater has ever been found, which would be an important earmark of an impact event. That is true, yes. Uh, thus, scientists can only surmise that uh, what may have happened, which may be that an asteroid exploded over the Earth, because that's not, I, th- I feel like sometimes that maybe that's more terrifying than an actual impact. Oh, yeah. Just them exploding in the air. Like if it explodes uh, in the atmosphere kind of thing? Yeah. yeah. And and the destruction that ensued beneath it in Siberia was a result of after effects. Uh, yeah. Wow. So just an exploding asteroid. Hey. But apparently trees have still not grown there. Interesting. Really? We've pretty I mean, much hit an hour. Uh, let's do one more, just because I okay. the next one I feel like a lot of people will actually remember because it's a more recent one. Yes, let's get to it real fast. Oh, okay, yeah. the uh, case. Uh, I actually almost read the fake case number. Uh, <laughs> the disappearance of Malaysian. <laughs> the disappearance of Malaysian Airlines Flight Three Seventy. The last of this collection of unsolved mysteries took place on March 8th, 2014, while flying from Malaysia to China, a Boeing 777 carrying uh, 239 passengers and crew members seemed to have vanished into thin air. The multinational search effort, the largest in uh, in aviation history, has turned up a mere 20 pieces of aircraft debris. The Prime Minister of Malaysia
agent has declined to comment other than to say that the aircraft disappeared over the Indian Ocean. The lack of closure has uh, endangered multiple theories. Sorry, engendered multiple theories, many of which are considered uh, conspiracy theories. Uh, no way. Which, according to <laughs> Harvard professor Cass, uh, Cass Sunstein, uh, are a natural product of horrific and disastrous situations because such events make people angry, fearful, and looking for a target. Theories include hijacking, captured by the United States, crew suicide. It was reported that the uh, pilot was having martial problems. Marital uh, problems. A, Oh, marital. Sorry. Uh, I was like, the, the, the air marshal. Yeah, they were having problems with the air marshal. Yeah, marital problems. A, a fire aboard the aircraft. Uh, vertical entry into the sea. That's one way to put it. Uh, a meteor strike and even alien abduction because we always end up on aliens. Dan, can you say it for us real fast? Aliens! <laughs> Thank you. Good. Nicely done. I had to get my hair up more for it. All right. I like I like the idea of a vertical entry into the sea. It's like, so do you have any crashes? No, but I've vertically entered the ground like four or five times. <laughs> so crashed? No. No. Yeah, no, no, this, not once. No, the no. crashing is accidental. I entered yeah, I meant to do this. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Have you it. ever landed an aircraft on its nose? going really fast you mean vertically uh, <laughs> vertically yeah uh notwithstanding the passage of three years and the expenditure of 160 million dollars scouring thousands of square miles of ocean the disappearance of malaysian airlines flight 370 and the 239 people aboard remains a mystery yeah see this still hasn't one, been solved this one i think i really wanted it to be uh mentioned at least once because a lot mm -hmm. of the time we always go through a lot of the disappearances or the different conspiracies from the past and we always have like come to the same conclusion or kind of narrow down to well back then they didn't have the technology they didn't have yes. the resources and that's right. what makes this one very very interesting to me because we do have the technology. We do right, have yeah, the resources. Like like, oh, I don't even know. I mean, there's no way they could have found it. Exactly. They didn't even find a black box, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, they found nothing. They found like, nothing. And so it's it's such a mysterious. It's such a mysterious incident because we're sitting here wondering what's happened, and for all we know, in a couple of years, maybe ten or twenty years. We may mm -hmm. actually find out what actually happened and it's been under our noses the whole time or it was this right. huge cover up or it. And so that's why I really wanted to make sure that this one was said, because I actually like I remember when this happened and yeah. Reddit literally was nothing but memes and like theories. theories. And, yeah, like that. That's all it was. And so. This was probably my personal first real experience with a conspiracy that has happened while I'm alive. I'm not sure if there's another yes. one that I can think of that may have happened besides this one. And I I don't know. I, I think it's crazy because it's got to show up somewhere. Like, they got to reappear. Like, that's it, it's yeah. weird for it to not. But right. I don't know. I'm looking at so so the one that because it says you know theories include uh, hijacking or captured by the United States. So I was like, okay, so what's the theory behind captured by the United States? It's literally just captured by the United States. Is the theory? There's nothing well, surrounding theory. this theory. Yeah, There's no like. Theories. But the reason the why the United States would capture them, like I'm thinking, like oh maybe 
there would be something. It's literally just captured by the United States. Yeah. Okay, why? Because it's the U.S. That's what they do, guys. We were bored. We We went to the Indian Ocean and captured a Malaysian (laughs) air flight, and we stole it. A bunch of Special Forces dudes were just irritated and bored one day. It was actually a training practice, but they grabbed the wrong airplane. Yeah, that's what it was. (laughs) We don't want to admit it. Uh, that's that's a good list. I also went back uh, and looked up the picture for that Tunguska event, and yes, that's actually right. pretty creepy. Like it's it just is, yeah, a, yeah. it's just a giant forest with a giant circle of just flat land. It reminds- that's, that's why it's yeah. really throwing yeah. people off. Now, because obviously there's the what could have done it, but then there's also the fact that no trees have grown there since. Yeah. Yes, and it's and been like, almost a hundred years, and it's not even. I think a this point, it's over a hundred years. Small area either. It's like yeah. a large section. It's 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 the Ravencroft stuff from Marvel, essentially. Yeah, yeah like the basically. haunted area that nothing goes there or anything like that. No one's yeah. tried to live just, there. Well, I wouldn't want to live somewhere that just randomly exploded. Hey, yeah, that'd be bad. <laughs> that would be bad. But at least you yeah. wouldn't have to worry about people coming on your property. That's true. Well, you okay? That's true. That is true. That is true. <laughs> uh, you you may not have to worry about going on your own property after a while, anyway, because you'd probably die. Uh, there are some I other also, really uh, strange uh, things that I've heard about in Russia, uh, like landmark related things or natural. Like, there's a lake that is very strange in Russia. Uh, I think actually this might be it right here. All right, if an alien was inside of. Oh no. Anyway, yeah, Russia has some really strange um, natural like phenomena. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, you know, the longer we do the show and the more stories we like cover and mysteries and theories, the more I realize like planet Earth is a weird place. This is a weird planet. It is a scary planet. I mean, we have exploding forests, invisible fire, which is now yep. a thing apparently. Yep. Yep. Um Aren't you and, glad I told yeah, you about that? I'm very glad. I'm just going to be like paranoid that I'm on fire at all times. I just you're on fire at all times now. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to be dousing myself in water at all, just all the time. Uh, and the big gray man who doesn't look like a bear. That That is That's probably my favorite thing out of this. Uh, <laughs> I should make a shirt that says uh, big gray man with a bear on it and just an, a line underneath that says not this or like does not, not look not like a this. Bear. <laughs> Not it does not it's, look like a bear. It's a shirt of his, all the gray men, and then just on the back it says, "Not a bear." Not a bear. <laughs> oh man, uh, it reminds me. It? Yeah, what was the Mad TV skit? The uh, look like a man. You guys remember that? He looked like a man. Yeah, look like a man. Oh, can you yeah. describe the perpetrator? Uh, Miss yeah, Swan. Miss Swan. Miss yeah. Swan. Yeah, Swan. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, any last thoughts on the list? Anything really stayed out to you is as really strange. Uh, I mean, it was all really I, strange. It makes yeah. me not want to live in Cir- uh, Circleville. Yeah, Circleville. Does uh, not want to live in circles. That's not. Circles. I'm not up for that. So I'm not going to live in Circleville, Ohio. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to live in Scotland because all the weirdest like cryptids are honestly in Scotland. That is true. And uh, I'm, I'm not going to the bridge at Overton. So I'm basically going to make a list of, you know so how people have a bucket list? Leave. I'm going to make a list of all the places I'm not going. 
<laughs> I like it. It's like, so we're going to go to this town. They have a really no, nice bridge. No, we're not. Yeah, that's on my list. Can't go there. There was a Can't creepy thing there. that happened there once. Yeah, no. Actually, I do want to go to these places, all of them. Gary's going to be the guy that in a couple of years, we're going to learn he's created a searching database where you can type in any city and it'll tell you the closest conspiracy so that he knows where it's safe for him to go. So he's uh-huh. like, you know, I want to go to, uh, let's go to this place. Wait, you know what? Let's search this up. And nearest one is yep. 60 miles away. We are solid. Let's go. Yep. Good. Let's do this. What about this town? No, no, no. Someone reported that they may have seen a ghost in their house there. Yeah. I, I can't go there. Yeah. See, I will go to all of these places, but I'm, I'm going armed. Just <laughs> well, in yeah. case. You got to arm yourself against the big gray man. Or yeah, exactly. The bridge that dogs jump off of. Just irritated the shit out of him with my nine mil. <laughs> Run! Why'd the dog jump uh, off the bridge? Well, Andy was swinging his gun all over the place. Shooting a little I bit there. Like, he got scared. Out of the Scottish Highlands, and you're like, "What's going on?" I'm like, "I shot at something, mm. and the only thing I can tell you for sure is it did not look like a bear." <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, <sighs> that fire thing also reminded me that, like, you know, flames don't cast shadows, which is obviously. I mean, it's like it makes common sense, but it's still eerie to see like a candle and no shadow from the flame. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Fireball on fire. How to light a fire. Fire soldier. All right, I'm going down the, the Wait, rabbit yeah, hole. Yeah, what is we going on? It, we yeah. started closing off say, the show and we still went down a rabbit hole. Yep, yep. All right. Thank you, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, for watching this episode of Mystery Cast right here on Tales of Earth or on twitch.tv slash comic historian. Uh, you can find Dan... Where can they find you? They can find me at Dante Producer on Twitter and Instagram and Dante Streamer on Twitch. Andy? Uh, you can find me for I am the Andy on Instagram. Uh, and I've also made a Dante Tinder account called Dante Lover. So nice. I thought I, it would be uh, London I Hammer. Control. I thought we landed on London Hammer. No, I like Dante Lover. That's in the description. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. AKA uh, the London Hammer. AKA, oh, him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You can find me on YouTube at Film Circuit and Twitter at Film Circuit and Instagram at Northward Films. Um, thank you for watching this episode of the Mystery Cast right here, where you watched it. Bye, Bye guys. <laughs>